Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing? Great. Hey, I'm Adam, and welcome to Christ Church of Orinoco. So glad that you're here, and it is it's straight winter. I am cold. Like, I'm not used to this still. Tampa to Houston and now to Missouri, and I just need to thaw out. Anybody else here? Cold? No? You guys used to this? You guys like it? All right, all right, all right. Hey, I have some friends with me tonight, um, and we're going to recap where we've been this semester. So, to just an overview of where we've been, we've been talking about what it means to be a family. And here at Christ Church, it's not just about student ministry, but it's about us as a church. And so it's not just what we do on Wednesday nights, but it's about what we do together as a family. And so this picture of a family, what does it mean? Okay, and so we've looked at three things. And the overarching mission and vision is this. We want to prepare God's people to discover completeness in Jesus. Preparing God's people to discover completeness in Jesus. We talked about we just want to know who Christ is. And so the three ways in which we know who Christ is is to embrace the gospel, to discover truth, uh, to embody the fullness of Christ, to be on mission, and to experience the kingdom, to know what community is all about. And so tonight we're just going to look at what those three things mean to recap the semester and to celebrate with one another that we're not in this alone, that we, get to, we have an opportunity to do this together, to discover truth, to be on mission, to experience community, what that means in this place, and not just in this place, but what it means on Sunday morning, what it means to be a part of the, this church, but what it means to be a part of the church altogether. So we're going to hear from Janice about embracing the gospel. We're going to hear from Matt about embodying the fullness of Christ, and we're going to hear from Tyler about experiencing the kingdom. Now is okay. my chance. Okay. They give me a mic. That doesn't happen very often. The last time they gave me a mic, Tara and I did announcements. I'm sure if you were here, you remember that. It was beautiful, but they have not asked us back again, so I'm not real sure. But they did give me a mic, so I can say happy birthday to Taylor. Thank you. Okay, um, we are talking about embracing the gospel was one of our first things. We had Isaac uh, start us off with talking about, thank you, Isaac, shout out to Isaac, about um, what a good father we have and being accepted into adoption through him. Um, just, we sing that song, You're a Good, Good Father, and that song always just makes me feel so secure knowing that whatever your home life is like, you do have a good father. Um, Then we also talked about acceptance, and um, Larry talked about how because of what Jesus did for us, we are accepted into his kingdom. It's nothing that we've done, nothing that we can do. It's Jesus' death on the cross has given us that. And then Adam talked to us about the assurance of knowing our hope. Um, through Christ's resurrection. And without his resurrection, you guys, we don't have hope. But because we have that, we know that we are assured that we can live in his kingdom forever. And if you aren't to that point where you are embracing the gospel and you know that God wants you in his kingdom, you can have that assurance. You can have that acceptance and you can be adopted. I think one of the things that really stood out to me was the adoption talk, just because If you don't know, we have an adopted son. We've had him with us for two years. And um, 
you know, sometimes when he's being a turkey and a little bit ornery, I get really frustrated, and then God reminds me, you know, I've adopted you into my family, right? And you're doing those same exact things to me that Silas might be doing to you when you're being ornery and not listening to me. You know, it's just such a great reminder of that unconditional love and acceptance and adoption. So if you have not, or even if you have, we would love to invite you guys back December 2nd. We're having a real talk here. And we are just going to be talking about who is Jesus. Come with all of your hard questions. Um, Tara Ragsdale's husband is going to be teaching, and she's writing all the material for him, so we know it'll be good. Um, And she will also, I undoubtedly know, she will be back there texting him totally obnoxious questions that have nothing to do with the subject, because anytime we do those texting, she honestly does that. But Chad Ragsdale is a professor at Ozark, and he does know what he's talking about. And if he doesn't, he'll ask Tara. But come on December 2nd to find out a little bit more about who Jesus is. No matter where you are in your walk, you can never learn too much about Jesus. So, Matt, do you know, are you ready yet? Yes, ma'am. Have you been preparing? Okay. Yes. All right, second part was embody the fullness of Christ. Embody is maybe not a word that we use all the time. Uh, The reality of that word and the goal for that part of family uh, portrait is simply that we would be Jesus in the situations that God has placed us in. And so we looked at that through three different lenses. The first one was was Beth DeFazio talking about the fact that kingdom workers speak like their king. She talked about prayer and the fact that uh, it was important for Jesus. And if it was important for Jesus then it ought to be important for us as well. If God became flesh and dwelt among us and still needed to commune with his Father through prayer, then don't you think that's something that's important for us as well? Second week, uh, one of our elders, Peter Buckland, came and talked about how we're shaped by our King. And so he talked about some words that maybe we don't use to define ourselves all the time, words like humility and kindness. But at these words, it's the way that we've been crafted and created to do good works in Christ Jesus, who created us to be that way. And then on the last week, one of our own, one of us, Ethan Greer, he and his wife, Audrey, were back from Japan, and they came to talk to us about what it means for kingdom workers to be sent by their king. And if you remember, one of the things that we talked about in the midst of that whole experience was the fact that, yes, sometimes we're sent to another place, not here to go and embody the fullness of Christ in another place like Japan, but we're also always called to where we currently are. If God's put us in a place, there's a reason and there's a ministry and a purpose for what we're doing. But if I could look at all of those things, if I could look at, at the fact that once we identify ourselves as kingdom workers, we have a purpose. If there's one of those things that I hope we didn't forget, I think we need to go all the way back to Beth's talk about prayer. It would be natural for me as a guy who likes mission trips to go, you should go on trips. That's the most important part. But here's my honest personal confession, and I think the confession of my generation, of those of us that are a little bit older, that maybe could be old enough to be your parents, and that's this, that if there's anything about Christianity that we've just not paid attention to, that we've not valued, I'll be honest, if I didn't for a lot of my life, it's prayer. That I just overlooked it, that it was a roll my eyes, Sunday school answer, something that I'd kind of, yeah, I know, it was always the last resort, it was never the first thing in my mind. 
And yet it was a value for Jesus. It was the most important thing that he could do was to be in communion. So here's the thing. If we're going to embody the fullness of Christ, if we're going to be Jesus where he put us, it makes sense that we ought to be in conversation with him. Because if we're in conversation with him, then he'll start to shape us. And once he's begun to shape us, he'll also be able to send us where we need to go. And so if you were here when Beth talked, uh, I want to remind you of one part. She shared a video that was her husband and one of their kiddos reciting the Lord's Prayer together. Do you remember that? And they were talking about that. And at the end of it, she goes, why is that cute? Not just the fact that my kid's super adorable and I love all that, but why does my child want to pray? And there's this part that if I'm honest, it, was, it doesn't sound super manly, but I absolutely love the truth that she talked about. It was this, that my, our little boy loves to just crawl up in the lap of his daddy and pray. And it's this picture of what can happen for us as well. And I wrote down the words because I knew I wouldn't remember all of them. She said, when he crawls up in his daddy's lap and prays, he gets acceptance, strength, value, identity, and love. In other words, everything that we could possibly need or desire. If we're going to be like Jesus, it starts from that relationship with prayer. So like Janice said, we're going to do some different things in the coming weeks. And on December 9th, we're going to have an opportunity for us to just look one last time really deeply at what it means to embody the fullness of Christ in the world around us. We're going to divide you into groups. We're going to use both SMC buildings. We're going to move you around. You're going to get to interact with a bunch of different people who are demonstrating what the kingdom looks like in their context. Some of them are from here in town. Some of them are from overseas. We're going to talk about some of the missions partners that our church has. And there'll be a special surprise as well that we'll have some folks from the field here to be able to talk with us about what it means to embody the fullness of Christ. Here's our hope from my hope for you, for me, from that section that we're really serious about prayer, that we're really serious about not just being consumers, just sitting here and hearing about Jesus, but they, we actually want to be like him and be him, be his hands and feet every day in the places where God's put us. So the third thing that we talked about was experiencing the kingdom. And Adam kicked it off and talked about how the church is an invincible force. Okay, so if the church is an invincible force, we have this history of 2,000 years behind us, and the God is the head of the church. And he's, he's brought up three things, our problems, our doubts, and our sins. And he said that if we can bring those three things to the table, that God can take care of all three of those things. That we don't have to worry because the church is bigger than our sins, the church is bigger than our problems, and the church is bigger than our doubts. Okay, and so then Dan talked about how the church is an influential force. And I thought Dan did an awesome job. Not that Adam didn't, but we get to hear to Adam all the time. So, But Dan, Dan did a great job with the, that it's an influential force. And he, he asked us, why do we not live in the truth and the power of the rec- resurrection every day? Why do, why do we not get up every single day living, living the truth of Jesus Christ? And I thought that was a really, really good question. I thought he challenged each and every one of you um, to some really, really good things. There were a couple questions he asked that I thought were neat. He asked us... Um, by whose authority do you live every day? And he, he, I remember him saying, this is a question you're probably never going to get asked, or this isn't a question that you're, you'll be asked, but whose authority do we live by every day? And once we know the answer to that question, I think it's pretty obvious. And then we can ask ourselves, why, why don't we live, live by that authority every day? And then uh, the last week, or last week we were here, we got to hear three stories, three testimonials. Uh, Chloe, Brooke, and Cale came out and came up here on stage and took a big leap of, of courage and faith and did an awesome job, but uh, each and every one of us has a story, and that story is very important, and we should never uh, assume that our story isn't important because it is, 
and we're writing our story each and every day. And uh, we need to know what our story is because there's somebody out there that we can share Christ with through our story. You might not think you can, but, but you, really, you really can. Um, feel like uh, if you need to, get in a D group, okay? So experiencing the kingdom, one big thing is a D group, okay? So th- throughout this room, there's groups that meet every Sunday. Uh, be a part of a D group. Have a group where you can confess to and share, share, share your story with and have fun. And uh, just have community. Because if we're going to experience the kingdom, we're going to do it together. And community is such a big part of that. And uh, our, last, or our last Wednesday of this uh, semester will be December 16th. And that will be our Christmas party. So uh, tell all your friends, December 16th, bring your best ugly Christmas sweater. And pajama pants. And pajama pants. So is there going to be a winner for the best ugly sweater? Okay, so best ugly sweater. And uh, we'll go from there, okay? So if you would please stand. We're going to read the scripture that uh, will be on the screen. All right, if you read with me. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. You know, there's so many things that happen uh, during this time of year that you know, excite me, excites me to, to be around family, um, even though my family is a mess. Excites me to be around a dinner table and have and enjoy each other's company and to be able to engage in this tension of what is and what's yet to come. And to realize that we are constantly in waiting, we're constantly in anticipation. I gotta admit this, I'm not a very patient person. Uh, when I was, I don't know, probably about six or seven, um, it was this time of year, you know, my, my mom and dad were, were, were asking us what we would like for Christmas, and Nintendo 64 was the thing uh, back in that day, and so anybody play in, in 64? Yeah? Okay. So N64 was the thing, and, and we were just pleading our parents, please, 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 please get us an N64, or, or at least have Santa get it for us, right? And so we were great anticipation, and we had this sneaking suspicion that they did, in fact, get us the N64, and so we were doing as we all do, right? Or at least some of us do, snoop around. And we knew exactly where the gifts were hidden. And so, but my mom was, and I didn't realize this, but my mom, she's, she's a wise owl. So what she did was she booby-trapped the closet door that all the gifts were hidden. And this thing was like packed to the brim of boxes on stack of boxes on stack of boxes. So the moment that you opened the door, everything came tumbling down. And so we didn't think anything of it. And so my brother and I are trashing through the closet looking for the N64. We found it. We're like, yes, this is amazing. So my mom comes home. We put everything back and we think we did. Mom comes home and she asks us a question. Did you guys go in the closet? And what did we say? I don't know what you're talking about. What closet? I didn't even know we had a closet. You guys went in the closet, didn't you? No, I have no clue what you're talking about, Mom. No, no way would we ever step foot in your room. She said, I'm taking back the Nintendo 64. Tears. 
streaming down my brother's face, not my face, my brother's face, streaming down our face, crying. I was 13. No, I was seven. Crying because the N64 was going back to the store. I'm looking at my brother. I'm like, dude, there's no way she's going to do it. She literally takes it, puts it in the car, and she drives away. We're in devastation. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but my life was ruined at this moment. The anticipation of the N64 was such that it brought me to my knees in tears. And so that Christmas morning, we're thinking, man, Art, the one thing that we asked for is is not going to be under the tree. We get up that morning, great anticipation for Santa, of course. I don't think I slept a wink. Get up, come running into the living room, my Michael Jordan pajama pants and shirt. So if you have one of those, you bring it on the 16th, you are a winner. I'm running through the, and my brother with his Power Rangers onesie, running through the living room, and there under the tree was a Nintendo 64. And my brother and I are just like, oh my gosh! The anticipation was there. The excitement was there. The passion was there. And we're like chest bumping, like running around. We run through the snow and back in, and we're just excited about the present that was under the tree. You guys know where I'm headed with this. This season is full of anticipation. This season is full of waiting of something miraculous that is coming to this earth. And <laughs> let me tell you this. It's just a little clue. It's, it's bigger than an N64. It's bigger than anything that we could ever think or imagine. It's Jesus, God incarnate, God in the flesh coming to earth, being a light in a dark place. The reality is we are consumed at times with darkness. We see it all around us. It's on the forethought or for, forefront of our minds that we're constantly anticipating something more, something bigger. We're anticipating light to come. The truth is we get an opportunity to do that this season, to wait, to anticipate, and to hold on to the truth that is the light of Jesus Christ. And that is exactly what we've been talking about this whole semester. We've been using a lot of words and we've been saying a lot of phrases, but the truth is this, guys, that we get to embrace the light of Jesus Christ, the truth of who he is. And whatever's going on in your life, whatever's going on in my life, what breaks me to my knees is not the fact that I lose it in 64, but the fact that I get to be in a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And Matt said it beautifully, that we get to do that together in prayer for one another, for this church, for this community, for the people that are in your schools, for your families, that we get to lock arms with one another and that we get to bring light to a dark place. We get to be Jesus to those around us. People are waiting on something. You may be waiting on something. This world is anticipating something greater. And we get to bring that every single day. We get to practice the presence of Jesus Christ to be light to those around us. Guys, would you stand with me? And I'm going to ask you to do something.
Stand with me right now. Something that we did at, at MOVE this summer, so if you went to MOVE with us, it was something that was very powerful. And this image that continues to stick in my mind of my prayer for this community, my prayer for you individually, my prayer for your schools, my prayer for your families, that we would lock arms with one another. So would you lock arms with those around you and lock arms between the rows, between the aisles? Guys, the reality is this, that we are a community. Guys, we are the church. And this bond that we have is greater than anything else in the world. This bond that we have in Jesus Christ is bigger than anything that we could ever think or imagine. It's bigger than anything that we could ask Santa for Christmas. It's bigger than the darkness that we find ourselves in every moment of every day that we get to bring the light that is Jesus Christ. There may be a lot that's weighing on you tonight. There may be some things that are nagging at you. Uh, but we all have a next step. We all have a next step in the faith journey to be closer and closer to Jesus Christ. And what's cool is that we get to do this together. Let's pray. Father, as we lock arms with one another, we're reminded that we are together. That we get to live this life that you've called us to live through Jesus Christ together with one another. That is the church. God, we embrace your truth and we get to discover you anew every day. God, sometimes there's, there's so many questions, so many doubts that just nag us. But the reality is we get to ask questions and confess to one another people that are surrounding us right now. That there's not a stupid question and there's, quite frankly, there's not a doubt that's too big. But God, that we get to discover you in a way that brings us joy and brings us peace. peace. God, I, I praise you for being a God that's that's so big, so vast, that's beyond our thinking or anything that we could ever imagine, but that you bring yourself to a place where we can know you, that you are discoverable for us. God, we're, we're a people that we often look at all the flaws that we have. We look in the mirror and we point out all the pimples. We say we're not good enough. We hear it constantly from our parents or our teachers, just slandering, slandering our character or, or who we are in you. And God, we know we, we have confidence, not in ourselves, but in you. The fact that Jesus empowers us with the Holy Spirit, gives us life beyond our measure, the life and life to the fullest that we get to live through you. And God, we get to be affirmed with one another. We get to encourage one another. We get to lift up one another when we're down. God, I pray that for this community. I pray that for this church. God, we get to be a, a church that is represented, not just in this building, but represented all over southwest Missouri, all over the four-state area. We're a force to be reckoned with. We go to battle for one another. We lock arms with one another. We're on the front lines with one another. We don't slander one another, talk bad behind each other's backs, but we step in front of people and take the bullet for them. 
when people are shutting them down. We step in front of people to defend them when they are weak. And God, we get the opportunity to carry one another's burdens when, you know what, when it's too heavy to carry. When things are going on in this life, God, we, we rest assured in the people that are standing beside us, knowing in the midst of failures, in spite of our shortcomings, we forgive one another, we're reconciled to one another, and we stand with one another. God, we praise you for being a God that changes us. May we be a people that surrender to that change and that truly are broken on our knees in prayer for one another, for our community, for our families, for our teachers, for our friends, and for our enemies. God, bless those who persecute us. Bless those who stand in our way from knowing you more and more. Bless those who continue to pressure us to be less like you. God, I pray that we would continue to surround ourselves with people that look like you, talk like you, act like you. People that embody who you are. God, we thank you for this place that we get to learn and grow together. We get to be vulnerable with one another. We get to seek the change that we want in the world around us. We praise you, God, for Jesus Christ. We praise you for the light that he brings in this world. And we praise you for the fact that we carry that light and you entrust us with that. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for giving us life. It's your name we pray. Amen. Guys, I want to encourage you. A couple things before we leave. I want to encourage you to come December 2nd. So next week, we're off. December 2nd, we're back. And here, listen to this, guys, real quick. You guys will talk about this in your connection groups. But this is important. December 2nd, we're going to talk a lot about who Jesus is. And this is for you, and this is for people that say, you know what, I want nothing to do with Jesus. And so if you have a group of friends that you're like, man, you've been talking to for a while, and they want to know some more, I encourage you to bring them, because Chad and Michael are going to be teaching, and it's going to be some good stuff that I'm looking forward to being a part of. Praise you guys. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for being here. You're dismissed to Connection Group. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.